It's been a week since I've been back, and boy, do I have a show for you. From Russia calling the West satanic to Joe Biden caught on a hot mic today saying no one Fs with a Biden, it's been a whirlwind of a week, and I'm going to catch you up on everything from the Biden administration prioritizing communities of color for hurricane relief to Elon Musk now being called a Russian sympathizer for calling for peace over war between Russia and Ukraine. Welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez, and I'm so excited to be back with you guys after a week-long travel session, okay? I was in Phoenix, I was in Michigan, I was in New York this past weekend reporting on the migrant camps up there, but we are back and better than ever, ready to hit you with all of the top news that you need to know about. Now, before we do get into the show, a reminder that a couple of ways to support this show and make sure that it does stay on the air is number one, going to my subscribe star. Now, if you guys have ever wanted to talk to me, my subscribe star is a great way to do that. I get all of your emails. I see all of your comments, but because there are so many, I can't always respond. If you guys go and become a subscriber at my subscribe star, you will have access to direct messaging with me or another way to support my work. And I kind of like this way better because you guys get an incredible American-made product while supporting the show at the same time is by going to oldcountrysoap.com. That is old spelled O-L-D-E, countrysoap.com. Use coupon code SAV for 20% off your order. And again, my friends, this is a product that I use myself. It's incredible. It's American-made on a farm in South Dakota. Uh, You know, this soap is top-notch, okay? A1, top quality. I wouldn't sell you something that I don't use for myself. And when I tell you guys at the end of every single long day, I get so excited because I get to take a nice warm shower and use this incredible soap with tallow and bentonite clay. And it comes in this great sisal fiber soap bag, which is good for exfoliating the skin. Now, remember that our skin is the biggest organ on our body and we need to take care of it. Exfoliation is key because if you're not exfoliating, you can't absorb the incredible ingredients in the soap. So, Truly great product. Um, When you order, you'll get a great box just like this one. This is the wildflower scent, but they also have lavender or tallow for maybe some of the men that don't want to smell like a wildflower. Go to oldcountrysoap.com. Check out their incredible soaps. And again, use coupon code SAV for 20% off of your order. Go give them some love because they are great. And um, the uh, creator of Old Country Soap is actually a fan of this show as well. That's how he found me. And he was like, SAV, please sell my product. Please help me out here. And I was like, I will not sell anything that I'm not using personally. So I swear I used this for a month and a half before I even said the name old country soap, because I really don't sell products to you guys that I don't use for myself. And with that, let's go ahead and get into today's news, starting off with Joe Biden and his latest commentary regarding himself as a leader and what he thinks of himself in the public view and in the public eye. So I thought I had this clip pulled in, but I guess I don't. This is going to make for a really fun show here today. But Joe Biden was caught on a hot mic at Fort Myers Beach today saying no one Fs with a Biden. He's talking to the mayor of Fort Myers as he's caught on the mic saying this. And 
It was funny to me because this phrase can be interpreted one of two ways. Number one being no one Fs with a Biden, meaning if you dig into the corruption of Hunter Biden or any of the Bidens, mind you, you will be persecuted, come after, and the Bidens will make sure that you're absolutely destroyed because they're essentially a mafia style family with their level of corruption and the tactics they'll use to silence their political opposition. Keep in mind, it was Biden's DOJ that went and raided the home of Donald Trump. Why? Because Donald Trump is a political opponent of Joe Biden. And also, we're going to get into this later on in the show, too. We will look at what Biden's DOJ is doing regarding persecuting American citizens who just want their freedoms and rights. So that's one way to interpret this, right? No one Fs with a Biden. Don't come after us. Don't try to expose us. Don't try to call us out for our poor leadership or, in, or incompetency, because we will come and we'll make sure you're destroyed. And we'll grow up your child as well along the way. That's one way to interpret it. Let's think about the second way to interpret this. No one Fs with a Biden. And this is the way I interpret this. Now, Joe's right. No one does F with the Bidens. Not Jill, not Joe, not Hunter. Anybody associated to the Biden family, the American people, and this isn't even on just a national scale. This is an international scale as well. Nobody Fs with the Bidens. Why? Because they're a laughing stock, not only here at home, but internationally. Let's go ahead and start off here at home, though. Like I said, I was in New York this past weekend reporting on the migrant camps that were being set up in a parking lot in the Bronx, in Orchard Beach, mind you. Just if you haven't heard about this story, Mayor Eric Adams invested $150 million to build these migrant camps in the parking lot of this beach in the middle of a New York winter. Keep in mind that temperatures in New York below freezing in the middle of winter. On top of that, this was a parking lot prone to flooding. And also, let's say the migrant camp had lasted until spring. It was set up in the same parking lot that's across the street from a child's playground. So, I went and I spoke to the residents. You guys can go and watch Frontlines with Drew Hernandez. I was on his show yesterday and we were discussing the residents, what they thought, the backlash regarding this. And of course, Mayor Eric Adams already scrapped the project and they're moving the camps to a, a different area. But it's just such a joke, right? They invested $150 million into this. And this is just another example of how our government truly does have the time, energy and resources to solve our problems. But do you think that Mayor Eric Adams on a whim, because clearly they have the resources to build these um, outside camps. You think that he utilized that money to help homeless New Yorkers, maybe to help with the drug problem, the crime problem in his city? No, but as soon as it's illegal immigrants, because Democrats always run on an America last policy, the migrant camps were able to uh, go up overnight and they wasted $150 million with the poor planning and, um, yeah, again, poor utilization of resources in putting the camps in that parking lot. But anyways, going back to the no one Fs with Biden quote, this is the way that I interpret it. I spoke to a resident in the Bronx, okay? The Bronx, very democratic area, New York City, very blue. And from New York City to Florida, from the West Coast to the East Coast in the United States of America, Joe Biden's right. Nobody Fs with them, with him. Them, him, yeah, the whole administration, really. Kamala Harris, too, okay? Even she's getting called out at this point by communities of color, the same ones that she's trying to pander to, by the way. So this was a resident of the Bronx talking to me about why she's going to be voting Republican for the first time in her life. Take a listen. What are your thoughts on the way the Biden administration has been handling the border? I don't think he's doing a very good job with our border crisis. 
um, to be honest with you, I think that we do need a new, um, we need a new president. And I voted for him and I regret it, to be honest with you. I regret it deeply and it's time that we get a new president. I'm gonna vote Republican this year. Um, I think I've had, what's the saying? I've had a belly full. When you when you had enough, you had enough. So and is this your first time voting Republican? Yes. Yes. First time. It is my first time. Um, I, I think that both sides need to be held accountable. Um, his administration and of course the the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party is not the same as it used as it was before. Now it's been taken over by socialism and, and it doesn't sit well with me. It's time to clean house and I think that they're the first ones that need to go. The people are, are just tired. We've had enough. Now, the reason for the anonymity, if you're listening on podcast, the voice was changed and the face is blurred because this is actually a pretty high level community member of the Bronx who just shared, you know what, I want to talk about what's happening in my neighborhood, but I have to do so anonymously for my own protection. So this was the anonymous interview from a resident of the Bronx who is going to be voting Republican for the first time. And then if we look over at Florida and how Ron DeSantis handled Hurricane Ian and his response to this. Now, we don't know who's running for president in 2024, if it's going to be Donald Trump or if it's going to be Ron DeSantis. Many are speculating that it's going to be Trump. But why does the establishment fear Ron DeSantis? Why does the entire nation fear Ron DeSantis? And why is the media consistently trying to paint him as a Nazi fascist? Because of things like this. Now, here's another Democrat talking about how he feels about the Democratic Party, a.k.a. Joe Biden. Let's listen. That shit about DeSantis, but that gas is here in Arcadia. In, in Arcadia. Now, I don't know why the rest of y'all, but it's here in Arcadia. So y'all know who we vote for. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why the rest of you motherfuckers, but I'm voting for DeSantis. And I'm a Democrat. So y'all call it what the fuck y'all want to call it. We got children out here. Okay, I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm sorry. My favorite part of that clip is the end when that woman's like, we got children out here. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. But that's the rhetoric surrounding not only the Democratic Party, but the Biden administration on a national scale. Things have gotten so bad in this country that even liberal Trevor Noah and late night TV hosts are now calling out the administration because at this point it's comedy gold, guys. Come on. Kamala Harris is a walking joke. So is Joe Biden. And at this point, these late night talk shows are watching the best bits possible pass them by because of politics. And they're finally saying, you know what, this is too perfect and we couldn't write a better script or a better skit. So we just have we just have to finally capitalize on the joke that is the Biden administration just to show you guys how poorly the Democrats are doing, not only ahead of the 2022 midterms, but ahead of the 2024 presidential election. Things are getting so bad that even late night TV liberals are calling out Kamala Harris for her constant gas. I mean, it's it's like a competition, right? Who's more incompetent? Joe Biden, who literally has dementia or Kamala Harris, who has a brain? Well, I, I don't know. This clip begs to differ. Let's listen. My fellow Americans, words have many meanings. And sometimes instead of conveying our meaning, they can suggest other meanings. When we talk about the children of the community, they are a children of the community. Well, we are the United States of America because we are united. And we are states. I'm talking about the significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time. Whatever we have in 
store cannot be known. The past was once the future. The future is, I should say, unknown. We gotta take this stuff seriously, as seriously as you are, because you have been forced to have to take it seriously. Obesity. So what the uh, Trevor Noah's show did, I don't even know the name of it. I think it's The Daily Show. They basically took clips from the comedy show Veep that is a satirical, supposed to be a satirical representation of politicians. And they put clips of Kamala Harris trying to be the vice president of this country back to back. And you genuinely, let's say you're from a foreign country, never paid attention to American politics. You probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference between which one was comedy and which one was the actual vice president. So Joe Biden's right. No one does F with Biden. Not the late night comedy hosts, even CNN and the media are turning on the Biden administration. The American people are upset and they're tired of him. The Democrats who voted Joe Biden into office are tired of it. And we're an international laughing stock as well. As well, Whenever Donald Trump was in office, the entire media tried to gaslight us into thinking that we were in a position of weakness and that Donald Trump was ruining America and that we were this international laughing stock and nobody respected us and the country was doing horribly and it was run by Nazis. And now Joe Biden's in office and everyone's seeing the reality of what incompetent leadership and truly being an international laughing stock looks like. And we're not having a good time. We're not having a good time at all. So a big story came out today regarding Russia, Saudi Arabia, and OPEC, right? So apparently they're going to be cutting down uh, the output of oil by 2 million barrels per day. This is from NPR. Russia and Saudi Arabia agreed to massive cuts to oil output. Here's why it matters. The OPEC alliance announced a 2 million barrels a day cut in oil production Wednesday, an amount that could drive oil and gas prices back up after weeks on a downward trend. The meeting of the 24 OPEC plus oil producing countries, including Russia, comes at a time when much of the world is already battling soaring energy costs. And in layman's terms, what basically is happening here is the United States went to Saudi Arabia and was begging them to produce more oil because Joe Biden's bad policy made it made sure that America was no longer energy independent and we had to grovel to Russia and Saudi Arabia and these other countries to produce more oil for us because keep in mind Joe Biden is still draining our strategic oil reserves i believe he's going to be draining it of um 10 million more barrels. Let me see if i can find it in this article really quickly. Yep. The White House called the decision short-sighted regarding OPEC um stopping the production of or the output of oil per day. They said that this was a short-sighted decision and that the administration would deliver another 10 million barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to the market next month, continuing the historic releases from the president ordered in March. Now, in layman's terms, the reason why Saudi Arabia and Russia are doing this is because the price of oil was going down. And so they're basically in control of the price of oil in the market right now. So if they want to put out less oil so the price of oil goes up for everybody, they can do that. And why is that? Because nobody respects Joe Biden, because nobody respects America. And Joe Biden is literally groveling to Saudi Arabia and to Russia at this point. Joe Biden says nobody Fs with a Biden. Yeah, OPEC would beg to differ. If you're listening on podcasts, what we have here is Saudi Arabian leaders uh, standing behind Joe Biden, who appears to be on um, 
what one would call like a Pornhub couch, if you will. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll let you guys' imaginations take you where you will with that. Uh, but basically, it's just so funny because Joe Biden loves to grandstand. This entire administration loves to grandstand and say that we're in a place of power, but we've never been more weak, which is why Saudi Arabia and Russia and China and all of the actual enemies of America are doing whatever the hell they want, to be quite honest with you. Saudi Arabia and Russia do control the price of oil because the United States isn't bringing anything to the table and we're dependent on these countries. So Joe Biden can, you know, grovel all day long, but he's groveling from a position of weakness. The United States is not coming to the international table from a position of power. We even have Vladimir Putin attacking the West for being satanic. Okay. That's where we're at on the 2022 bingo card here. We have Vladimir Putin calling the West satanic and calling us out for our gender mutilation of children and saying that the West is bad and that Russia is a country who has morals, values, and traditions and faith. And they're not going to allow the West to come in and destroy all of that. This was a portion from Putin's speech because he did come forward and basically say, okay, we're annexing certain uh, Russia regions of Ukraine. We'll get into that here in a moment because I do kind of just want to give a recap. The last time we were here talking to each other, we saw the sabotage of the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines. Many people wondering and still speculating to this day, who would have sabotaged the pipelines? And it seems that the United States would have had the most to gain from that because again, let's just use common sense here. Why would Russia attack their own pipeline their own point of leverage between them and Europe, it would make no sense. So of course, the United States would stand most to gain from such a sabotage. They've since come forward and said, no, yeah, the United States has not done that at all. We are not a part of that at all. Um, that was the official statement from uh, leaders over here. But Putin decided to, uh, you know, kind of take over more portions of Ukraine. And we'll get into that a little bit more here in a moment. And then Zelensky just completely accelerating this whole entire situation by trying to join NATO. It's been an absolute mess. But um, Putin gave a speech last week and we're going to listen to a portion of it because we're at the point where the leader of Russia is calling the United States out for our degeneracy and the reason why Putin is speaking about America this way is not only because it's true, but because what is America going to do? We are not in a position of power, and we haven't been since Joe Biden has taken office. So let's go ahead and listen to a portion of this speech. I will go ahead and narrate over it for you guys. perversions that lead to degradation and extinction. That they were taught that beside a man and a woman, there were some other genders and were offered sex change operations. Do we really want this for our country, for our children? All this is unacceptable to us. We have our own different future. Such a total denial of a human being, a rejection of faith and traditional values. Suppression of freedom begins to look like a perverted religion, outright Satanism. So this was a speech that Putin gave last week. And again, just to reiterate for you guys, Putin is calling the West satanic and calling us out for pushing gender change experimentation on, on children. That's where we're currently at. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong. And I, I really don't like to go into the transgender 
surgery aspect of culture and where we are at with that because it genuinely makes me so upset to cover it. Because I wasn't here all last week and there have been major developments with that, I will be doing a show extensively about that and also COVID updates tomorrow. But Putin is right. We have become a degenerate country that is pushing gender mutilation surgeries on children that is promoting the work of Satan. I didn't bring this story into the show, but I should have. But the Church of Satan, I can't remember which state. I'll find it for you guys later. The Church of Satan is suing, I can't remember which state, like I said, for basically discriminating against them by repealing abortion laws or abortion rights in that state. That's where we're at in, a, in this country, where we have Satanists saying, you can't, you can't say, you can't take away abortion. You can't stop abortion at a certain period of time because it goes against our religious freedom. On top of that, we also have stories like this one. Two gay men who both attended law school filed a legal complaint against the city of New York, arguing that not having access to a woman's reproductive potential is a form of discrimination and that they are entitled to have the city pay for a surrogate. So we now have gay men suing the city of New York for not giving them access to a woman's body so they can create a child and then raise it up in a gay household. What else is the United States focused in on? Outside of the complete degeneracy of destroying children, destroying their innocence and targeting them with propaganda and brainwashing them with legit pedophilia and sexual curriculum in all of our schools. And I, I really wish too that I was being dramatic about that, but I have seen the books that the left cries that the right is censoring in public schools. And it is basically animated pornography. It's uh, illustrated pornography. So because it's not hardcore porn, uh, but because it's drawn to relate more to children and to make children, uh, you know, more relatable of a subject to children. Apparently, it's bad, you know, that the right wing is trying to censor that. That's what's in our schools in the modern day. So Russia is 100% right for calling this out. And again, I, I know Russia has its own problems and it's not perfect either. But at least their leader is trying to, to stand for, one, the people of Russia. Uh, two, you know, the whole entire invasion into Ukraine is a much deeper issue than the media tries to paint it out to be. Because, of course, we're all force-fed this propaganda that Putin just went crazy and just invaded Ukraine for absolutely no reason which is not true. We'll get into that here in a moment. Uh, but again, going back to the United States and where we are at as a country, the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines were sabotaged, which depending on which country did that actually doesn't really depend on which country did it is an act of war against Russia. It's going to make problems for everybody worldwide. And what, what does one of the most notable publications here in the United States focus in on? Reuters. The ruptures on the Nord Stream gas pipelines under the Baltic Sea has led to what is likely the biggest single release of climate-damaging methane ever recorded, the United Nations Environment Program said. So the Nord Stream 1 and 2, to anybody who actually cares about the you know entire state of the world and the fact that we're, we're slowly inching towards a, a literal world war every single day would be like, yeah, the sabotage of the actual pipeline is probably what we should be focusing in on. And then Reuters is like, 
climate change. Oh gosh, climate change. It's like Joe Biden, right? He went to Fort Myers today. We'll get into this later. And uh, hurricane torn, damaged Fort Myers. People lost their homes. People lost their lives in Florida. Complete devastation. And Joe Biden decided to use his platform to talk about climate change. That's what the West is focused in on. Inconsequential and ridiculous fake problems that they made up. Meanwhile, our foreign enemies, if you will, are getting stronger by the day. Now, let's go ahead and do a recap of the Russia-Ukraine situation, because I do think it's important to see um, everything that has happened. This happened on September 30th. Putin vows to use any means to defend annexed Ukraine regions in new nuke threat after biggest land grab since World War II. Vladimir Putin has, uh, let's see. So he basically had a grand signing ceremony at the Kremlin. That's where he gave that speech. Um, and I'm just trying to get to like the non-biased portion of this. Here we go. Putin formally inked decrees declaring Luhansk, Donetsk, Kyrgyzstan, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce that because I didn't read this beforehand and I don't need you guys to laugh at me more than you probably are after I read those first couple of ones. But he's basically trying to say, um, yeah, we're going to go ahead and uh, take over these portions of Ukraine. And I'm wording this very poorly. But what we'll get into Elon Musk's involvement with this, too, and um, why he thinks it's a bad idea. But basically, Putin talking about the annexation of certain portions of Ukraine. After that happened, Zelensky pushed an accelerated application for Ukraine into NATO membership. Now, let's remember how the invasion of Ukraine initially started. It was because of NATO. Now, I've been listening to multiple sources, and the non-mainstream media version of what is currently happening on the border of Russia and Ukraine is that, no, it's not Russian aggression what Russia is doing right now with Ukraine. It's Russia trying to protect its borders from the U.S. being right there via NATO. Because remember, Ukraine is a buffer state and NATO is slowly trying to make its way to the border of Russia. The United States is slowly trying to make its way to the border of Russia via Ukraine, via NATO. And Russia saw this and they didn't like it. People like to use the example, would we have liked Russians setting up missiles in Cuba? No. We would not have liked that at all. And so that's kind of the same analogy there with what's happening on the border of Russia and Ukraine with NATO inching its way in. Now, of course, NATO was like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. But this is just an example of how Zelensky does not want peace, how Ukraine does not want peace, how the United States want to, wants to continue this war because war is a money-making machine. Because do you think that any U.S. leaders are trying to promote peace talks between Russia and Ukraine? Do you think Ukraine is even looking for peace talks or for a way to compromise on this entire situation with Russia? No. They're full accelerating ahead for war with Russia, which is not going to be a good time for anybody. Now, one of the first people to call for peace was Donald Trump. He took to Truth Social to put out an entire statement and say, hey, 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 if uh, Russia and Ukraine need somebody to broker a deal of peace between them, I will be the person to do that. 
And this was actually after the attacks on the uh, Nord Stream 1 and 2. He said, U.S. leadership should remain cool, calm, and dry on the sabotage of the Nord Stream pipelines. This is a big event that should not entail a big solution. At least not yet. The Russia-Ukraine catastrophe should never have happened and would definitely not have happened if I were president. Do not make matters worse with the pipeline blow up. Be strategic. Be smart. Get a negotiated deal done now. Both sides need and want it. The entire world is at stake. I will head a group. So here's Donald Trump. And this was, again, that initial sabotage of the Nord Stream 1 and 2. And then Putin decided to annex certain regions of Ukraine. And um, again, I've heard multiple reports. It's always difficult to report on international news because if you're not over there, the reporting gets so mixed and it's genuinely like pick your pick your own reality, right? It's like any single time something happens between Israel and Palestine, it's like, okay, which reality do you want? Do you want the pro-Israel side of this or do you want the pro Palestine side of this, because I feel like whenever it comes to international news, it's extremely biased by the time it gets all the way to the United States. So some sources saying that the reason why Russia decided to annex these certain portions of Ukraine is because the Russian citizens there want to be a part of Russia and the majority in these areas want to be a part of Russia. And so Russia's like, yeah, we're going to go in and we're going to allow these people to be a part of Russia. Uh, you know, the Ukraine version of this is that Russia is coming in and trying to take over their land. And Putin is this tyrannical dictator authoritarian who's encroaching on Ukraine. So those are kind of the two sides to it. But more importantly, the United States who typically was seen as the big brother of the world, right? The, the, the country that stood for peace, that stood for freedom, that stood for rights, the, the country that was supposed to not stand and push for war, but push for peace. you think that the United States would be trying to help with the peace talks between these two countries. But no, Joe Biden, after this new escalation, came out immediately and had this to say. And, and this should genuinely... I don't want to say make us all fearful, but I just want us to understand, too, where our country is at. Um, great. I'm so happy I don't have this clip either. So I'm just going to have to read it off for you guys. Uh, but basically. The day this escalation happened, Joe Biden declared that the U.S. will never recognize Putin's annexation of Ukrainian territory and adds that the U.S. is going to continue to send weapons and financial aid to Ukraine for as long as necessary, to which I would respond and tell you guys that we are currently in a war with Russia. A lot of people are like, oh, no, World War Three is coming. We don't want the U.S. to be involved. We don't want to be in a war with Russia. We already are because we've been funding this war between Ukraine and Russia. Do not forget that last week we sent another one billion dollars in aid to Ukraine. And just an update, uh, the U.S. has committed more than 16 billion dollars to Ukraine since the beginning of Russia's February 24, 2022 invasion. 16 billion. We sent one billion last week. Oh, yeah. And just in today, the U.S. is sending another 625 million in weapons to Ukraine. So we are in a war with Russia. OK, we are funding Ukraine. We are sending them weapons. And how do you think Russia is going to view this? How do you think Russia is going to view Joe Biden saying, yeah, we are going to protect every inch of NATO territory? That was another thing that he said and he came out and talked about. How do you think Russia is going to take Joe Biden saying the United States will continue to fund the war on Ukraine's side of things? We're not taking an impartial stance on this. We're very much taking a side. And again, Russia's stance always has been, we don't want NATO on our borders. And so when the United States is funding the war for Ukraine right now and sending them all of these aid packages and all of these weapons, 
And then Ukraine is trying to join NATO. Can, can you guys kind of see here? Because I'm not trying to be pro-Russia in this situation. But at the same time, I really do feel like our media is just trying to pretend that Russia is the bad guy in all of this while simultaneously ignoring the fact that Ukraine is a buffer state and they were supposed to agree never to be a part of NATO. And as soon as there's any acceleration, um, you, Zelensky does not want to have any peace talks and immediately runs to NATO and tries to join NATO. Now, another angle to this is that the billions of dollars, the over $16 billion heading here at this point of U.S. taxpayer dollars that have gone to Ukraine are unaccounted for. Still, from the Gateway Pundit, U.S. veteran working on the ground in Ukraine, there is no evidence of the billions in U.S. dollars sent to Ukraine not seeing any relief. Now, this was Chad Robicho, who was interviewed on the Glenn Beck show um, and he's basically on the ground in Ukraine and he says uh, it's sad and unfortunate and it needs to be addressed there's no congressional oversight of this money the money is going into a black hole in any country in the world it would be bad people are people and governments are corrupt and it's going to end up where it shouldn't and the money is not ending up where it's going U.S. taxpayer dollars millions of dollars it's meant for restoring lives and saving humanity and it's not being used for that so from somebody who's actually on the ground in Ukraine saying hey we have no idea where this aid is going don't forget too that I believe it was CBS who put up out their documentary about how the weapons we were sending over to Ukraine were ending up on the black market. And then they went ahead and pulled that. I was also reading a Substack um, article from you guys, and I'll try to you know bring that up so we can remember that Ukrainian officials are giving the United States handwritten receipts as to where the aid is going to. So it's just an interesting situation when there have been no calls for peace, there have no been no calls for negotiations or peace talks between Ukraine and Russia from the United States government. If anything, we're accelerating this war and we're funding it. Elon Musk decided to come out and say, Ukraine, Russia, peace. Redo the elections of the annexed regions under UN supervision. Russia leaves if that's the will of the people. So this is what we would call real traditional democracy, right? This is what Elon Musk is proposing. Uh, he put this out two days ago. So he basically said, okay, what about the annexed regions that Putin is trying to take from Ukraine here. What if we let the people in these areas decide? If they want to be a part of Russia, they're a part of Russia. If they don't, they, they stay with Ukraine. Crimea, formerly part of Russia, as it has been since 1783, he says water supply to Crimea assured. And then he says Ukraine remains neutral. The majority of people, this was over 2 million votes, said no, absolutely not. And then even worse... Zelensky himself commented on Elon Musk's, again, just suggestion of potential democracy or peace, suggestion to not get into World War III. And he said, what do you like better? And Elon Musk, who's pro-Ukraine or pro-Russia? And that's what, how, what it's been with these people. It's just been black and white, right? David Sachs points this out, and this was the first thing that I thought about, too, because remember when Russia did initially invade Ukraine, he immediately sent um, Starlink, I don't know what they'd be called, consoles, equipment over there so the people of Ukraine would have access to Internet. Elon Musk was one of the first people on the scenes to help the people of Ukraine, and now he's being attacked as pro-Russia merely for suggesting a possible peace deal, even though he gave Starlink to the Ukrainian war effort. And um, David Sachs go on, goes on to say, shows how warped and intolerant the public conversation has become. 
Even further, after Zelensky attacked Elon Musk for proposing a peaceful solution for Ukrainian conflict, uh, there was also the <laughs> ambassador, Ukraine's ambassador to Germany, uh, telling Elon Musk to F off and that they won't be using any more of uh, Tesla's crap. So that's Ukraine for you. They seem like a very peaceful people. They seem very rational. Just anybody with common sense, I think, would want to start asking questions as to why we are not trying to broker peace deals between these countries, why we are trying to escalate a war that the United States, quite frankly, shouldn't even be a part of. So that's kind of an update for you there on what is happening between Russia and Ukraine. It's really not looking good. And unfortunately for us, because Joe Biden or whoever is pulling the strings behind this fortified presidency, because proxy wars make a lot of money, because war as a whole makes a lot of money, because the United States feels the need to go and get involved in what's happening in Ukraine. The United States will suffer. The world will suffer. Europe as a whole is already suffering as a result of this. And uh, look what's happening now with OPEC, with the, um, I guess, their, their output of oil or lack thereof. It's really sad to see where our country's currently at. And that's why people here in the United States are speaking out against the Democratic Party, against Joe Biden. And that's why many people like Elon Musk are calling for peace deals um, but between these two countries, because everybody is suffering as a result of this. There are a uh, top few people who are actually profiting off of this entire situation. And uh, yeah, guess what? It's not you and me, the American taxpayer, who uh, continue to fund this proxy war. All right, let's go ahead and take a peek at what's happening in Florida because Hurricane Ian ripped its way through the state. And from what I've seen so far, Ron DeSantis has done an incredible job of trying to get his state back on its feet, going and taking care of the Coast Guard members that have been on the ground, uh, everybody involved in the cleanup. He's done a great job of, uh, you know, just trying to restore his state. Joe Biden was in Florida today. And <laughs> this this is the angle that he went with, right? And just keep in mind for you too. Let me see. I don't have the clips here, but the the clips that were coming out of Florida as Hurricane Ian ripped its way through the state were were horrific. They were heartbreaking. People's homes were being washed away. Lives were lost. Florida just went through this horrific natural disaster. And of course, the left is trying to blame it on climate change. Joe Biden, the president of the United States, went to Florida, Fort Myers today, which took a, a big a brunt of this hurricane. Lots of destruction there. And this is what he decided to say to the people who have potentially lost a family member, potentially lost everything that they own, potentially lost their homes in their entire life. This is what Joe Biden decided to uh, to focus in on. Entire state of New Jersey, the, the, as much room as that takes up. And the reservoirs out west are, are, are down to almost zero. We're in a situation where the Colorado River looks more like a stream. There's a lot going on. And I think the one thing this has finally ended is a discussion about whether or not there's climate change. We should do something about it. But, folks, I also want to uh, Jill and I have had you all in our prayers. And I mean that sincerely. And 
So he just has to drop in the climate change. It's like, can he just be a good leader to the American people for once in your life, Biden? Oh, wait, you can't because you were not elected by the American people, which is why you don't care about the American people. And you utilize every single chance you get to fear monger and try to strike fear into the hearts of the American citizens who are genuinely just trying to rebuild after a hurricane. By the way, many people making the point that, hey, uh, hurricanes of this size have been happening since the 18 and 1900s. Where was the climate change then? Where was the man-made climate change then? Natural disasters have been a thing since the beginning of time, since Earth was created. But because COVID isn't working and it's not a, an effective fear-mongering tool anymore, now climate change has made its reemergence. Now, Speaking of COVID, actually, this is a good segue into the story from the Daily Mail. Biden phones hero Coast Guard diver to congratulate him for rescuing lives of Florida residents. Just days before he will fire him for being unvaccinated as 20,000 members of the military face the axe. A heroic Coast Guard swimmer who saved the life of a disabled woman during Hurricane Ian was publicly thanked by President Joe Biden on Saturday. Despite the gratitude, aviation survival technician, second class Zach Loish, is due to be discharged within two months over his refusal to be vaccinated. He is one of the over 2,600 members of the Coast Guard who have refused vaccination. In total, there are around 15,000 active servicemen and women who are facing discharge over their vaccine stance. And I... um. I, I want to remind everybody of where our country is currently at here, just with our military not being as strong as it used to be. And also the the strongest portions of our military being axed because they don't want to take an experimental vaccine that is verifiably giving people myocarditis. We're going to be getting more into that tomorrow. So there's Joe Biden standing for the American people. That's why he's not going to make it as. I don't even think a candidate in 2024, if he runs again, that's going to be a joke. <laughs> what would a real leader in this situation be focused in on? You think they would be focused in on climate change or any of this fake propaganda that's not truly affecting the American people? No, if Joe Biden was a real leader, he he would have been in Florida. He would have been there to, to lead the the people of that state through this horrible and horrendous time. Now, Ron DeSantis has been doing a great job being on the ground as soon as he could post-Hurricane Ian, uh, calling out everything that's been happening. He came out with a statement last week basically saying, hey, if you decide to loot any homes in the wake of this natural disaster, just be aware that Florida's a Second Amendment state and residents do have the right to protect themselves. He also came out with another very strong stance, uh, blasting illegal alien looters after Hurricane Ian in Florida. And I just want you guys to go ahead and take a peek at these people. These people shouldn't have been in our country. Three out of four of these looters that were caught were illegal immigrants. And I do want to read DeSantis's exact quotes. I didn't pull in the video, but he, he just came out very strong against these illegals who should not have been in our country to begin with. He said... We've had four looters that were arrested and they need to be brought to justice. But, you know, three of the four are illegal aliens. Uh, these people are foreigners. They're illegally in our country. And not only that, they tried to loot and ransack in the aftermath of a natural disaster. They should be prosecuted, but they need to be sent back to their home country. They should not be here at all. If I could, I would take those three looters. I would drag them out by the collars and I would send them back to where they came from. 
he said to applause later during the briefing. So take a peek at that America last policy. These illegal immigrants who shouldn't even be in America, who are looting and taking advantage of a natural disaster. It's absolutely disgusting. And illegal immigrants across the nation, to be quite honest with you, are a part of the surge in crime. But does the Biden administration care about the American people? No, which is why the border is still wide open. Remember that if you Ukraine and you want to protect your border, you're a hero. But if you're an American and you want to protect your border, you're a racist Nazi. That's the left's mentality and ideology. Now, going back to Joe Biden's commentary about how no one Fs with the Biden, it's true. And I, I do kind of just want to give you guys a recap of what we missed last week. Number one, Joe Biden was giving some of his first comments as Hurricane Ian did make touchdown. And here's him wandering away from the podium as his FEMA administrator attempted to lead him in a different direction. So uh, here's Joe Biden last week. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Into this group of people and the administrator was like, oh, no, Mr. President, please, please. Oh, God, please come back, sir. Please. Somebody get the leash on Joe Biden. Who, who is responsible for this man? That same day, earlier in the day, he had to be directed by his wife because he he appeared lost on stage. Here's another clip of Joe Biden from last week, just to really cherry on top of who's leading America right now into World War Three, mind you. Here's Joe having to be led to the stairs by his wife. And even though she is point blank saying, here are the stairs, he still is like wandering off into a different direction. Like what's going on? And, and let's not forget one of the biggest gaffes from the Biden administration too. Joe Biden, another thing that, wow, a lot happened last week. See, this is why I can't take a week off because so many things happen. Um, but it was, let me see. Sorry about the long, I don't want to get her name wrong. Representative Jackie Walorski. So it was uh, Representative Jackie Walorski, who was a representative in, I believe it was Indiana. Joe Biden last week was looking for her. She died in a car crash earlier this year. Here's, here's that clip. And so many of you know so much about this as well, and you're committed. And I want to thank all of you here for in including bipartisan elected officials like Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here to help make this. So the media, of course, not the media, really. The media actually took this one and reporters for once in their life actually tried to hold the Biden administration responsible because they were like, OK, this is actually pretty bad. Um, Joe Biden, after Walorski died, called her family. And then he forgot that she died from The New York Post, whereas Jackie Walorski's mom tells Biden that she's in heaven as he says, sorry for the gaffe. So what initially happened was the entire country called Joe Biden out for this. 
reporters tried to call out the press secretary for this. And I, I just want you guys to listen in because you guys, probably all the majority of you saw how Karine Jean-Pierre tried to downplay the situation. She tried to basically say, oh, well, she was on top of mind. I don't know what that means, but that was her exact quote. She was like, she was on top of mind. She was at the top of his mind. And that's why he was looking for this deceased representative that he personally called the family of after she died in a car crash earlier this year. The media finally getting so upset that Karine Jean-Pierre refused to acknowledge what was actually happening or even refused to acknowledge the gaffe. Uh, this was the, the, uh, the, the press conference from last week. This is how chaotic it got. Because again, going back to this administration and their inability to tell the truth, we're getting to a point where the media is now starting to hold the press secretary responsible for trying to downplay the gaffes coming out of Biden and this administration and trying to downplay just the complete uh, man, the complete degradation of this administration before our very eyes. Listen into the press conference from last week. It's it was actually pretty crazy. This was Green Jean Pierre trying to pretend that Joe Biden didn't completely forget that this representative died and was looking for her in her state. Okay, go ahead. 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 Go Go ahead. There are reports that the Treasury Secretary Yellen is looking to leave. It is not your turn to speak, and you're being rude to your colleagues, and let your colleague answer the question. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, you're yelling and over your colleague. So. So there is Karine Jean-Pierre trying to combat the press, and that conference was just an absolute shit show for her, pardon my French, but there was an entire it was an entire tweet thread, right, of her just trying to deflect questions instead of taking responsibility for the fact that Joe Biden did, in fact, forget that this representative was deceased. She tried to pretend it wasn't happened, tried to downplay it, and the press wasn't having it. So they finally held her accountable for it. Um, it took Joe Biden two days after this gaffe to go to the family and apologize for it, to which the family responded and just said, you know, Joe Biden's kind of old and he's doing the best that he can. Now... There's just a little recap of where Biden is at mentally. No one Fs with the Biden because mentally the Biden in office is not fully there. Internationally, we're a laughingstock. And on a national level, nobody likes Joe Biden because uh, he's doing a pretty horrific job of leading our country. And I wanted to delve into... Uh, Biden's DOJ as well for a second, because there are Americans that are still being politically persecuted against. And also, I didn't really touch on the FBI whistleblowers that were coming forward talking about the uh, Bureau violating policies regarding January 6th investigations. Now, this whistleblower from the FBI had come forward. This story came out on September 27th. It came forward to say that the Bureau is violating policies in its investigation into the January 6th Capitol breach. The whistleblower raising concerns about how the Bureau is handling the investigation has identified himself as Special Agent Stephen Freind. Friend? Freind. I don't know how to say his last name. But um, shout out to this whistleblower for coming forward. 
He's based out of Florida, uh, and he said in a declaration made public on September 26th that he was told that child sexual abuse material investigations were no longer an FBI priority and should be referred to local officials. He says he was also told that he would be focusing on domestic terrorism investigation. He said that he observed that FBI policies on case assignments were being violated because the Washington field office was enabling field offices around the country to lead investigations on crimes that allegedly took place in Washington on or around January 6th, but officials in Washington are actually directing the probes. So the situation resulted in active criminal investigation in which uh, he listed, he's listed as the case agent, but has done known investigative work according to the declaration. So he just basically goes on to talk about the inappropriate use of FBI SWAT teams to arrest suspects who were only facing misdemeanor charges. And remember too, that we did talk about that pro-life pastor who was facing his own misdemeanor assault charge that was dismissed by the state. Actually, let me go ahead and play the Tucker Carlson piece for you guys so you can understand how politicized the DOJ has become and how Biden's DOJ is now being weaponized against American citizens and how we're all being labeled as domestic terrorists. And this is a part of a longer plan to make sure that American citizens who refuse to capitulate to the to the corrupt government and refuse to give up their rights and freedoms are labeled as domestic terrorists and more easily thrown in jail. That's the bigger plan here. Uh, but Tucker Carlson did a really great piece kind of laying out what's been happening with the DOJ since Biden has taken office. So here's part one of this. Um, this whistleblower coming out and basically saying that SWAT teams are being improperly utilized, that domestic terrorism is at the forefront for the FBI, and that um, these January 6th defendants are, are being again, politically persecuted, right? Because they had the audacity to protest the Capitol on January 6th. Uh, here's Tucker Carlson last week laying out as well everything else the DOJ has been involved with in uh, attacking a, a private American citizen's watch. Earlier this month, a longtime FBI agent and SWAT team veteran called Steve Friend came forward to blow the whistle on what he has seen happen to the FBI under Joe Biden. And what he said was shocking. According to Agent Friend, Biden's FBI routinely uses heavily armed SWAT teams to raid the homes of American citizens who dare to criticize the administration. Now, to be clear, these are people who pose no danger to anyone. These are people who haven't even been accused, much less convicted, of a violent crime. So the point is not to bring justice. The point is to terrify and intimidate Joe Biden's political opponents. Hard to believe that's happening, but it is. Last year, to name just one example, the FBI's counterterrorism division raided the home of a 69-year-old Red Cross volunteer called Joseph Bolanos. An anonymous snitch had claimed that Bolanos was at the Capitol on January 6th. Not that he did anything violent, but that he was there. It turns out that wasn't even true. It was a lie. But the feds moved forward and destroyed Bolanos' life anyway. They showed up with guns, they stole his electronic devices, and they refused to return them. The whole experience was so traumatic that Joseph Bolanos suffered two strokes. So private American citizen suffered two strokes because the FBI terrorized him on false allegations. And it gets worse. Going back to the pro-life activist who was swatted by Biden's DOJ and his family had to watch all of this happen. Like the story of that keeps getting worse and worse. And Tucker Carlson laid it out as well. Um, here's that story uh, on top of, uh, again, the DOJ giving private American citizen strokes by terrorizing them. Uh, Peter Breen is your attorney, um, and we're happy that you're here, Mr. Breen. T is this, have you ever seen anything like this ever in this country? 
Not at all. Uh, this is reckless and outrageous. It put the Hauk family in unnecessary danger. Uh, and it was the sort of thing that uh, when we, we've offered to bring him in, uh, didn't get a response. And, and not just, even if you're going to arrest a regular person, you just send a couple agents, they'd knock on the door, uh, not dragging the head of the family out, violating the sanctity of the home, pointing guns at them. This was outrageous and uncalled for. Were we right in saying that local authorities had assessed the altercation between Mr. Houck and the extremist who attacked his son and decided not to press charges against anyone? Is that correct? The Philadelphia DA refused to press charges, and he's not a friend of pro-life. He's a Soros uh, ally. Uh, then the, the alleged victim filed a private criminal complaint, which eventually the local courts threw out because the guy couldn't be bothered to, to show up for the hearings. So the local court system, which is where, if there were a crime committed on that sidewalk, would have dealt with it, they said no. And so that is where this matter should have ended. This was not a federal crime. Uh, we have controlling case law on that, strong defenses. But instead, they've taken an innocent man and made an example out of him, presumably to send a message to pro-life people and people of faith across this country. So that's who is in charge of our intelligence agencies. They've become so politicized that, uh, again, we have whistleblowers coming out to further build on the story that I read before those Tucker clips. 30 ex-FBI agents stand up to support whistleblower who exposed the agency's political bias. 30 former FBI agents, including a retired deputy assistant director, head of counterterrorism, and five SWAT team members have spoken out publicly in support of suspended FBI whistleblower Stephen Friend. Their heartfelt messages obtained exclusively by the Post show a deep and widespread anguish about the politicization of the FBI. It's time to stop the FBI from being the enforcer of a political party's ideology, said Ernie Tabaldi, a retired agent from San Francisco. We need to reestablish the FBI as the apolitical and independent law enforcement entity that it always was. And many former agents hailed friend, a SWAT team member in Florida, as a hero after he was punished for refusing to participate in what he regarded as unnecessarily heavy-handed SWAT raids over January 6th misdemeanors. In his whistleblower complaint to the Department of Justice, uh, he alleged that the FBI has been manipulating case file management in order to falsely inflate the threat of domestic terrorism and using unconstitutional excessive force against political dissenters. So that's where we're currently at in this country, and everybody needs to wake up and realize we're... We're not headed, but where we're at and how it only goes downhill from here if we, the people, allow it to. But luckily, a lot of people nationwide are waking up and they're not happy with where this country is headed. They're not happy with the leadership. And maybe they're not happy because the gas prices are too high or because they can't find baby formula for their children or because of the inflation rate or because, uh, you know, of some smaller, still very important, but smaller issue. Because to me, the forefront of the degradation of our country right now and our freedoms, the thing we should all be focusing in on is the fact that the government is using the DOJ to politically persecute American citizens. That should be priority number one and on the mind of every single American, but it's other issues that are waking them up to the Democratic Party and how corrupt they are and how they're lying about everything. So, you know, if that's the baby step they need to take to even get them into looking into the leadership or politics, then so be it. But I, I kind of just wish that this was at the forefront of every American's mind because this is terrifying. 
gets even worse from the Washington Times. FBI insiders say agents who took a knee during BLM protests were rewarded. The politicization of the FBI is being implemented by the promotion of liberal agents into positions of authority and the punishment or dismissal of agents who support conservative causes, FBI insiders told the Washington Times. So it basically goes on to say that during the BLM marches in 2020, the FBI agents who took a knee with BLM were promoted to higher positions and they were lauded by, uh, you know, upper officials in the agencies and they were told that they did, did a great job. And this is something that we've seen, too, like I said, with our own military, right? The people who have the audacity to stand up for their rights and freedoms and say no to an experimental vaccination or call out the FBI for being a political institution at this point, they are punished. They are kicked out of the military. They're kicked out of these, these different agencies. And then who's left? The people who are kneeling with BLM, the Marxists, the socialists, the communists that have infiltrated all of these organizations, they're going to be the ones with the guns. Meanwhile, they try to strip the American citizens of our guns. Not looking good, friends. It's not looking good. And the politicization, the politicization, I can't say that word today. Sorry, guys. It's been a long day. I'm getting tongue-tied. I sound like Joe Biden here. Um, of even our, our court system, right? Even our legal system is something that we're seeing every single day. This is from the Washington Free Vegan, citing concerns for free speech. 12 federal judges say they won't take clerks from Yale Law School. A dozen federal judges say they are no longer hiring clerks from Yale Law School, citing a slew of scandals that they say have undermined free speech and intellectual diversity. The judges joining the boy boycott, all of whom requested anonymity in order to speak freely, cited a series of incidents where they say free speech has come under attack at Yale Law, starting with the September 2021 controversy in which administrators pressured second-year law student Trent Colbert to apologize for an email in which he referred to his apartment as a trap house. The school's diversity director also described Colbert's membership in the conservative Federalist Society as triggering according to leaked audio obtained by the free beacon and it goes on to talk about all of these um other incidents that have to do with freedom of speech um Another circuit court judge, a top feeder for Supreme Court clerkship, said he was torn on whether to participate in the boycott, but that the case for it had gotten stronger over the past year. I've hired a bunch of great law, Yale law clerks, the judge said, but at some point the institution becomes so worthless and degenerate that you wonder what conservative would want to be a part of it. So the law school has done little to address the concerns about the atmosphere on campus. And... Um, yeah, it basically just goes on to talk about the ideological warfare between Yale Law and its critics and how free speech is uh, no longer a thing in this country. And it's getting so bad that if you go to Yale Law School, of all places, you're going to come out a freaking brainwashed anti-free speech, anti-American communist at this point. Going back to the DOJ, this comes from Christopher Roof on Twitter, who says, breaking the American Medical Association is asking big tech and the Department of Justice to censor the platform and investigate and prosecute journalists who question the orthodoxy of radical gender surgeries for minors, arguing that public criticism is disinformation. That's going to that's going to lead to a great place, isn't it, friends? Matt Walsh says the AAP is calling for the federal government to investigate me and lives of TikTok for reporting on their medical practices. This is an outrageous attempt at suppressing free speech. And no, it's not even a, an attempt to suppress speech. This is an attempt to suppress anybody from pushing back against the establishment's wants to own your children. 
Think about a lot of the terminology that's coming out of the education system that your child is property of the government, that the teachers involved with educating your child are also involved with raising your child, that your child is property of the government, and that if your child wants to get transgender surgery, parents should have no involvement with that, that teachers should be allowed to indoctrinate your child with all of this gender ideology nonsense and feed them this pronoun fake gender fairy tale ridiculousness and the parent should not be involved at all. So this is something that we've seen uh, for a long time. And it's just really heartbreaking um, that it's getting to this point where the American Medical Association and all of these medical institutes are now saying that DOJ needs to prosecute and censor and go after people who call out genital mutilation surgery for children. So that's what happened this past week, my friends. Let's just go ahead and do a quick news blitz as well at what else everybody's mad about. Uh, Kanye West wore a White Lives Matter shirt next to Candace Owens. And um, Mark Lamont Hill, a very notable black activist, said that it was disgusting, dangerous, and irresponsible. And, you know, the reason I bring these types of things up, too, is because, one, we're such a racist country and black supremacy runs so rampant in this country that you can't even wear a white lives matter shirt without being called disgusting, dangerous, and irresponsible. The black community is allowed to do whatever they want in this country. The black community was allowed to loot and riot and destroy businesses all across this country for the entirety of 2020. And the name of black lives matter. The black community is allowed to call white people subhuman. The black community is the one that's allowed to go and attack white Americans on the street every single day. I can play you videos for it for Back to back to back to back. I just don't want to do that. The black community has full reign to do whatever they want in this country. And as soon as you push back against them, as soon as you push back against their actual racism, you're called disgusting, dangerous, and irresponsible. Kanye West also said that BLM was a scam amid the White Lives Matter shirt uproar and just said it's over. It's done. BLM is a scam. And I, you know what? I'm not, I'm not handling it anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore. So a big shout out to Kanye West, whether or not you think this was just for publicity. Uh, I think that the message still stands. And the reaction to Kanye West wearing the White Lives Matter shirt, in, if anything, shows you exactly where we're at as a country. And Americans need to wake up and realize what's going on here. So on top of the Black community having free reign to do whatever the hell they want, because there really are racists in this country, and I promise you it's not the majority of white people, it's the majority of Black people in this country. I'm going to be really honest with you guys here. I'm just going to be really blunt, okay? It's communities of color, and it's the minority communities who act like they're so oppressed that genuinely say the most racist things I've ever heard in my life towards the white population, and they get away with it because their ancestors were potentially slaves. It's ridiculous, to be quite honest with you. And I'm so tired of the, the victimization mentality. Um, the other protected class in the United States is the LGBTQ plus community. There was this movie that came out called Bros, and nobody wanted to go see it because it was a gay rom-com. And the director basically said that it bombed so badly because all of America, because the straight population of America are homophobic, and that's why they didn't want to watch a gay sex orgy movie. <sighs> Gosh, I don't even want to react to that. It's, it's just absolutely ridiculous, to be quite honest with you. It really, really is. Um, we'll end the show on a, a happier note or a funnier note, if you will. 
Um, again, sorry to be so blunt with my rhetoric regarding what's going on in this country, but I like being blunt because, you know, people try to dance around what's really going on in this country, but that's the truth. Some of the most racist people are a part of the black community because the black community has been allowed to get away with so much, any minority community, if you will. I even get frustrated with it. And I've talked about this on my platform extensively, how for the entirety of COVID, when the pandemic was so scary, I just wouldn't wear a face mask. And white liberals would be so scared to tell me to put a face mask on that they would go up to my white friends and tell them to tell me to put a mask on. Because that's how privileged minorities in this country genuinely are. They get away with literal murder. So we need to call it out. There are specific uh, issues in specific communities. And until we're allowed to call out the truth about the communities and who is perpetuating the majority of crime in this country, we're never going to make a real solid change. So if you think that I'm a racist for talking about that, I genuinely don't care because that's the reality of what we're living through. And if I'm the only person bold enough to say it, then so be it. Let's end the show on a funnier note, though, going back to uh, climate change and Joe Biden's entire rhetoric around this and how scary it all is. This is the hypocrisy of every climate change activist, because keep in mind that it's John Kerry, our climate czar, who is consistently taking his private jets to go pick up climate awards because he's important and he has to get on his private jet. Don't forget about all of the hypocrisy from people like the Obamas who have oceanfront property while also saying that we're going to be underwater within a couple of years because of how horrible the climate is doing. This is a... Um, she might be Australian or from the UK, the caption doesn't say, but this is the reality and this is the hypocrisy of almost every single climate change activist. And this is a, a minute, over a minute long, but the clip is hilarious. So let's just listen to the reality of every single climate change activist behind the scenes when they're not uh, virtue sign signaling to the public. For example, So we would have to apply to have like approved events to be able to fly for? Well, that's one thing that you could look at doing. Am I allowed to go to Fiji? Is that necessary? In the current climate crisis, I don't think that that's necessary. When was the last time you were on a plane? Mm, I'm not sure. Maybe a few months ago, to be honest. Where'd you go? Fiji. Izzy! <laughs> Izzy! Don't you care about the climate, Izzy? Of course I care about the climate. Not enough. You went to... <laughs> You went to Fiji, <laughs> Izzy. Come on, mate. Are you serious? Are you serious? <laughs> are you serious, Izzy? No, it's are you, pretty are you still there? It is pretty ironic, but to be honest, it's not really a trip that I wanted to go on. But I can't really get out of it. Why'd you, Why'd you go? Why'd you go? My parents wanted to go. Izzy, I didn't want to go. How are you embarrassed that your parents did that to the planet and then forced you to do it as well? Of course, I'm not embarrassed. Did you did have you a terrible time? Not really. I didn't. Have <laughs> I love this clip so much. I genuinely laugh every single time I listen to it. And I'm pretty sure that um, other media members tried to condemn this broadcaster for bullying because this broadcaster is laughing at Izzy for being a freaking hypocrite. And it's so funny to me too, because these poor young teenage climate activists, they do this with the gun advocates too. Uh, you know, it's like David Hogg, right? He's this, this gun rights activist. But when you, when push comes to shove and you actually ask them about the policy that they really want implemented, 
they're complete hypocrites with it. And I guarantee you that David Hogg has hired private security with guns to protect him. Meanwhile, trying to say that he wants you stripped of guns. I guarantee that's happened. Just like Izzy here, who went on a, a flight to Fiji while simultaneously saying that nobody else can do it. And with that, I'm wrapping up this episode of Rapid Fire. Again, my name is Savannah Hernandez. If you guys do like the show, please remember to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can find the show anywhere podcasts or stream Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or my website, sassisofficial.com. Go check it out. I've also been writing articles to go along with my stories, um, like the one I broke this past weekend. You can find those articles on my website or at the Post Millennial. So go check those out. And again, if you'd like to support the show, go to my subscribe star, become a subscriber. You will have access to direct messages with me, or you can go to oldcountrysoap.com and use discount code SAV, S-A-V, for 20% off of your order. Again, this is one of my favorite products. And what I genuinely look forward to at the end of every single long day is taking a nice hot shower and using my favorite moisturizing soap. So Old Country Soap, old spelled O-L D-E, countrysoap.com. Use coupon code SAV for 20% off. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Rapid Fire. I appreciate each and every single one of you for liking, sharing, subscribing, and for being patient with me as I travel throughout the country. I apologize that the uh, shows have been quite sporadic. Hopefully we can get a better schedule going now that um, I've signed on with a new company and we're getting the schedule in order. So uh, thank you for tuning in and I will talk to you guys next time.